from Studio 102 in the spectacular BBG Annex, it's Hearts of Fire, the podcast for the team at BioRidge Global, working every day to save and enhance lives through the healing power of human cells and tissue. I'm this week's guest host, David King, and with us here is Mr. John Barnes, Vice President of Human Resources and Learning. Welcome over to the Annex. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Well, you know, because we both work in the Alamo here, we're very aware of what people drive <laughs> yeah. over at the Alamo because our parking lot is fairly small. So one day I come walking in after having, you know, fought the traffic for an hour to get here, and there is the most beautiful, dark orange, brand new Ford Bronco sitting in your parking place. Yeah, darndest thing, right? <laughs> and I want you to know it smelled new on the outside. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty new. Yep. It's a, it's a vehicle that I ordered way back in August of 2021, and it took a year and a half to get here. But there's a history behind why I thought that might be kind of fun. And, and what is the history? So when I was young in high school, I was in search and rescue. And I lived way up in the mountains in Los Alamos, New Mexico. And we had people that would go hiking or out in a vehicle, hopefully four-wheel drive or motorcycle, and they would get lost. And I was part of a search and rescue team that would get called out at all hours of the day or night to go help find these people. And the vehicle we used to get out into the wilderness was a Ford Bronco. Now keep in mind, that was when I was in high school. So that was in the 70s, a long time ago. So the first version of the Bronco. So when I was reading through my numerous car magazines, enough to fill a small library, because I do have a real affinity for cars, vehicles, anything that flies, drives, has wheels. Um, I saw that Bronco way back in 2021. So I thought, well, you know, it'd be kind of fun to go back to my childhood and get a Bronco again, or never owned one, but owned one. Now, today's Bronco is very different than all those years ago, but that's why I've got it. So this particular one can climb up sheer rock faces, obviously not straight up, but pretty close. Um, and I know that because my son and I, who's 30 now, he and I went out and went to a class on how to drive these things. Uh, it's called the Ford Off-Rodeo, and it's up by Marble Falls. So we took a day and learned how to drive these things. And I forget everything I learned because that was a year ago. So I'll have to relearn everything. But it was a fun thing to do. And it's, you know, kind of, it's just, allows me to pursue what I like to do, which is to get out on the road and drive. A lot of people probably don't like that very much, especially in traffic, David. But I, I enjoy it as long as there's no traffic. So that's the Bronco. So, so the Bronco is kind of, kind of the result of a car bug you caught a long time ago, right? Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's kind of a funny thing. So my, I got the bug from my mom, um, mom and dad, but dad was a theoretical physicist, and, and really just a car was a thing to go from here to there. But with my mom, it was very much a different thing. So mom learned to drive uh, when she was eight years old in a Model T truck in the prune orchards in California, which is oddly enough how she met my dad. Long story there. But at any rate, she kind of passed the bug, if you will, on to me. 
And ever since that point, mom just loved cars, anything that was fast. So I would take her to car races and car shows, and the two of us would really have a good time together enjoying all of that. So I caught that bug. My brother, also a PhD like my dad, never really did. To him, a car is just a car. But for mom and me, it was a very special thing. So we truly enjoyed that. So out of that, um, I decided, you know, life is short, and I'm going to buy a Porsche. So, of course, my wife wasn't terribly wild about that idea, but it kind of grew on her over time. So I found an old Porsche in Arkansas, of all places, and decided I would bring it here, buy it, bring it here, and rebuild it. So that's what I did. It's a 1986, but it is nothing like the car that I got that day seven years ago. It is very different now. So 1986 Porsches are all air-cooled, anything up to 1997, if I remember right. They're all air-cooled, which means no radiator, and that's a nice thing because you don't have to worry about any kind of overflow or any of that. But it had a 3.2-liter engine in it, and now it has a 3.6-liter engine in it. It's got custom exhaust, no catalytic converter. Hope there's no police officers listening. No muffler, so it's all very custom exhaust, very, very loud. It's race car loud. Um, all new suspension, all new brakes, race car brakes on it so they squeal when you stop. Uh, and it goes faster than anyone is willing to admit if they ride with me. And there have been a couple of times where I've had people that ride with me and they scream like crazy. So that's, that's what I enjoy. So I've got kind of two different interests. One is slower and bigger, that's the Bronco. And the other one is fast and stupid, and that's the Porsche. <laughs> so I enjoy I, that. I remember those 80s era Porsches, and this doesn't sound anything at all like. No, it's, uh, it's pretty unusual. It's unusual. One day I was riding with a whole bunch of other guys that were Porsche owners, but these guys were driving Porsches that were newer, so they were 100000 to 200 and some odd thousand dollars. And there was a whole bunch of us. And this guy pulled up beside me that was not one of the members of the club, and he said, you've got the coolest car out here. And mine was the oldest and most unusual. And it's brown, so it's not a very popular color. Uh, well, it's more like copper, but close enough. And at any rate, it's, it's a fun car to drive. It gets a lot of attention. I've taken it to car shows. Like I said, I've been on numerous what we call hill country rallies with about 300, no kidding, other cars of that era and older. And uh, just had a blast with the thing. It has no seat be- I mean, it has seat belts. It has no airbags, no automatic braking systems, none of that kind of thing. So as people that own these cards will attest to, if you run into something, you die like a man, so to speak, because there's no way you're going to make it through it. So I, I'm careful when I drive, but I do drive it like it's meant to be driven. Indeed, and it should be driven that way. It's a Porsche. Exactly, exactly. So um, I also understand that you have an RV on top of all of this. Yeah, much uh, again to my wife's dismay. Um, so I've invested wisely over the years, and we have a 42-foot diesel pusher coach, motor coach. And it's like a cottage on wheels that's suffering a consistent and constant earthquake. 
So there are things that go wrong with it on a regular basis. In fact, pretty much every time, if something doesn't break, it's a, it's a good day. Um, so we own that. So I, uh, I drive that, and um, we pull a little tiny Fiat Abarth. For those of you who know what that is, I've seen a couple in our parking lot, so you guys know what it is. And it's a little car that's about the size of an egg. And so when I get out of that car, it's, it's people asking, wow, I didn't know there was a circus in town. But that's what we pull behind the rig. So it's, uh, the rig doesn't know it's back there, and thankfully I do. Um, so I drive that big thing and then that little tiny car. And um, when I get in the big coach and drive it, I have to remind myself that I'm driving a house that's 42 feet long and weighs about, oh, let's see, about 20 tons. So it's uh, a little different than the little red egg that I pull behind it. So you know, it's I, fun. I, I, would, I would almost pay to see you getting out of the little red egg. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a funny thing because I got out of it one time when, at, the, at a campsite, and it's a loud little car. I didn't make it that way. It's just that way. It's a little turbo. And the people next to me said, well, that's an angry little car, and how the heck do you fit in that? And I said, well, I kind of just fold my legs up, and I'm okay. The challenge is my feet are so big that when I hit the brake, it also hits the gas. So it's, it's kind of an unusual thing for me to try to control. Uh, thankfully, my wife can drive it as well. It's a five-speed manual. My uh, Porsche is as well, and she can drive that when she's brave enough to go with me, which is rare. Um, so it's... Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's just a passion I have for things with wheels that are either big and slow or fast and quick. Um, I enjoy it. Um, someday we'll probably end up selling the rig, but in the meantime, we have fun going camping in that. I say camping; it's really not. You're hauling a hotel behind you, um, but it it is fun to get out. Any sort of other vehicles on the horizon? Well, if you ask me, yes. If you ask my wife, heck no. Um, that's, that's probably going to do it. Uh, and that really satisfies my desire to do things that are, again, off the beaten path. I don't want to get to the end of the time, my time, sitting in a hospital bed with diapers on or something, and looking back and saying, I wish I had. So these things that I do, and I've had lots of adventures in my life, I do them for a reason. And owning the Porsche and the Rig and the Bronco even little Fiat. I do that all for a reason. So it is a fun thing for me. It's not inexpensive, unfortunately. And again, Robin would tell you that, but it is fun to do. Well, great. Well, thanks for coming over and sharing those tall tales with us. <laughs> My pleasure. And, and tall I am, and they are tales. So it was fun, David. Thank you. All right. Executive producers of the Hearts of Fire podcast are Adrian Mendoza and Jay Pajinski. The producer is Heather Hughes. Our director is Angelica Sandoval, who's carefully clicking the buttons over there to make sure I don't do anything terrible. We've had lots of technical assistance from Matt Flores, who came over and helped us install all these wires and microphones and boards. The Hearts of Fire logo was designed by our own Roberto Esquivel, who managed not to put Harry Hemoglobin on the logo. If you have an idea, a question for Hearts of Fire, if you'd like to be the guest host and do better than this East Texas twang, you're more than welcome to email us, heartsoffire at biobridgeglobal.org. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Bye.